Happy New Year. All is well in Jesus Christ. Would you stand, if able, for the reading of the Gospel of Matthew? Matthew chapter 2, starting with verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Well, the main point of this message today is that the Son of God, the newborn king, who was worshipped by kings, we sometimes call them, or wise men from far eastern lands, he is deserving of our worship, our gifts, our life, our service. Let's think of what serves God in this story. I see a few things serving God here. I see nature serving God. I see powerful people. And I see humbled people serving God. And humbled people can be very powerful people indeed. First, we see the star. The star that, that rose into place and led the, the magi from eastern lands to come and, and come to Jerusalem to find the promised king that they heard about, maybe in the Hebrew scriptures that were left in Babylon or wherever they were from, they knew there was a special king to be born. They were waiting for the sign. God used a celestial event, a celestial light, a star, a, an asteroid, a meteor. We're not so sure, but God used something in the sky to guide these wise men from afar. And how is that, you say? Some skeptics say, well, how in the world would that happen? All I have to say is God is God, and God is above nature and works inside of nature. And nature serves our God and gives God glory, and so he used it to lead people uh, to himself. And he still does. He still does use beautiful things in the, the created natural realm to lead people to himself. He used the star. He also used powerful people. The Magi were surely powerful people. We, that's why we call them kings. But they, they likely weren't kings in uh, the sense of having a throne and a crown. But they were, 
they were people with influence. They were leaders. They were wise people. Uh, they, they likely traveled with a large entourage. They had servants. They had animals. They, they, there was enough of them that the whole city of Jerusalem was disturbed by their presence, wondering, who are these people? What have they come here for? And are looking for this certain, certain person. And they were led by a star. They're, they're coming as powerful people to make their presence known, but they're coming uh, to worship the king. They want to know where he is. So God is using these powerful people. They're not the only powerful people in the story. There's, there's also Herod and the religious leaders, the chief priests and the scribes. Now, the chief priests and the scribes, they have knowledge and they have how to interpret the scriptures and the prophecies. And Herod has the power to summon them and to say, you know, he, he, he's saying, okay, I'm going to assemble all you religious people. You, you give these guys the answers they need. They want to know where the Messiah is to be born. And truthfully, Herod is used in this story to a good end. Herod, at least at this point, is used by God to help the Magi get on their last part of the journey. Right? Herod assembles them, according to verse 3. God, therefore, used Herod. Herod uh, is not very godly, but God used Herod. It is, after all, God's story. And the scriptures tell us that God will work all things together for the good of those who believe in him. And, and God is working together all the pieces of this story for his plan. And I want you to see that he does that in the story, but he does it in your life, too. He'll often use characters that maybe we don't want in the story or in our story. He will use them. The difficult things they do, he might use as lessons to teach us. The obstacles thrown in our path, he'll use to grow us or humble us. And he uses Herod to help the wise men get to Bethlehem. So we see nature, the star. We see powerful people used. We also see humbled people. Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus, is in our story today, but really only briefly. Uh, though she's named, she's barely mentioned. And, and isn't that just the way we treat mothers sometimes, right? Mothers are so necessary and so important. Mothers are doing most of the work, the feeding, the caring of the baby. In this case, the caring of the, the child, Jesus. Maybe he's one year old, maybe a toddler. And she, she's serving him, probably serving Joseph, but hardly mentioned. At least not mentioned enough compared to how much he works. But this is what God wanted in the scripture. She's humbled and she's not the main point of this story. So she's just in the background. She's there. We know she's there. And God wanted it that way. And Mary too. God chose Mary very well. He chose in her a, a, a humble person. Meaning a grounded person. Someone who could stay grounded as she taught and raised the Messiah. Right? So God used humble people in this story. We've already mentioned the, the wise men are magi, but they are not just powerful people. They are humble people indeed. And I would say Mary is powerful through her humility. The wise men, too, are, are powerful people, but not just in their, their intelligence or their whatever offices they held in their country. They are also powerful in their humility because they put a lot at risk to come and bow down before this king, right? They ground themselves literally. They humbled themselves. They fell down, verse 11 says, before him. They fell prostrate before him, right? They, they hit the floor. No attention to themselves or their clothing or what it would do to them. They, they, they're, they're down before him. It seems that they can't even help it in the way that it's written. It, it seems like when they saw him, when they entered that room, it's just the right thing to do. And they, they honor him by hitting, hitting the floor. If they were in a stable, maybe their faces are in the hay. 
right? We don't know if they were in the stable. Maybe it's, a, it's most likely a dirt floor, so their faces are in the dirt. And they traveled so many days and so many nights with, with, with much time given to this journey and expense and risk. But, but here they were before one who had traveled much further, one who, the one who had stepped out of eternity and he had put himself at risk, becoming vulnerable for them. The eternal son of God had done far more traveling than the Magi had and that they, than they ever would. For he came from beyond time and space to, to live in utero inside of Mary. And, and now he's living in Bethlehem. He'll live in Egypt. One day he'll live in Nazareth. And then he'll be a man with no home. But now his home really, in a sense, is the loving arms of his family and, and a woman Interestingly, that he himself, as the eternal son of God, had designed her DNA. All things hold together through him. All things were made by him. And yet one that he made is now holding him. And so they are humbled before this one. And they, they know and teach us that Jesus Christ is worthy of the greatest things we can give him. The greatest gifts we can give him. Now, commonly in this story, we, we focus on the gifts that are the physical ones, the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh, these gifts of high value, the very value, and, and very symbolic as well. And they would have practically set up the, the family financially for years, depending on the amounts, when we don't know the amounts. But I encourage you to read others or listen to other messages I preached in the past or other good pastors to hear about the the meaning of those valuable gifts. I'm not dismissing them, but I, I want to focus on their other gifts today, their lives, their worship, their service. Now, these are men who do not easily bend the knee before other people, but here they are face first in the hay or the dirt, and this act of faith is a surrender of their very lives in homage to the one that is far greater than them, that deserves our worship. They give their lives. After falling down before him, it then says that they worship him. We take this to mean that they uttered words of praise, maybe singing songs of praise. They open before him treasures as an act of this ongoing worship. They, they're opening their mouths as well with words of praise. They declare him, Jesus, as they learn his name. He is worthy to be praised, the God who saves. And so the true understanding of Christmas should lead to humbled worship that that could look very foolish to the world's eyes, right? It's even foolish when we tell the world, hey, did you know that Christmas is an ongoing season? Or that Christmas is connected to the cross? You know, People don't understand these things, but those of us who do understand the, the true Christmas story, we don't care if we look like fools to the world's eyes. The Magi's, it surely looked like a crazy scene to have the, these rich men with, with, with these ornamented clothes or whatever they were wearing and jewelry and and they're laying face first in the hay or the dirt. And they're shouting or singing or maybe crying at the sight of the Christ child. And then they open their gifts. That's so foolish looking. Gold and frankincense. And they open these kind of precious gifts before him. And I want to focus on this. That they, what they want to do is they want to, they want to give their lives to him. They want to worship him. They want to serve him. They, they're giving his, his family and himself, the Lord, these gifts as gifts of service. They're choosing to serve him. And they choose to serve him in an ongoing way. They, they have a dream that night 
to not go back to Herod. And they choose to dutifully serve their new king by not going to that other king, Herod. Right? And that is an act of service. They choose Jesus and his family over the worldly powers, Herod. And in so doing, they, they te teach us, choose Jesus and his family over the ways of the worldly powers, the ways of Herod and politics and other things. That's not how hearts are changed. The church needs to choose Jesus and his family. The people of the church need to choose Jesus and his family. Give your service first and foremost to Jesus and his family. And when they did that, when they chose at great risk to themselves to disobey Herod and choose Jesus and his family, that was a great act of service because it bought precious time for Joseph and Mary and the Christ child to escape. And God knew that they would do this, right? God, God picked those wise men because he knew they would be obedient and faithful. He knew that they would serve him in this way. And they put themselves at great risk for the greater good. This is what believers do. They're, they're willing to be arrested or killed to do the right thing. We too easily overlook that in the story. They gave their service for the glory of the king. This is a lesson for us. May we too be humbled by the king of kings, falling down in worship before him, giving our best, not caring what it looks like to others, being willing to look like a fool to others, but it doesn't matter. We want to just pay honor to him. Why go to church on New Year's Day? What are you, crazy? My king paid far more of a sacrifice than going to church with my other believers. This is easy. And here, he deserves more than I could ever give him. Be willing to look like a fool to the world for his sake. Be willing to look awkward. Be willing to risk to do the right thing. Be willing to choose Jesus and his family above the ways of the world. Be willing to give your best to him. Be willing to give yourself to him. Be willing to give him this year of life. After all, he's the one who brought you to this place today. He moved things in history. He put people in your life, in your past, so that you would be the person you are today. Nature bowed to serve him then, and he uses all at his disposal now to bring you to him, whether it's nature or friend or family or neighbor. King and peasant alike come to worship him because he loves them and draws them into his family. So let's join in giving our lives, our worship, our service to Jesus the King. Oh Lord, in you all is well. And we bow down before you, the true King, worthy of our worship, the King who came out of heaven and humbled himself before us. Oh Lord, may we take our lead from these, your servants, the Magi, who, who humbled themselves before you who chose to serve you at great risk themselves. Lord, teach us that lesson. We open our hands before you and we say, Lord, pour out the lessons, pour out the courage, pour out the humility that we would truly worship like this, that we would fall down before you, that we would give you our lives, that we would give you this upcoming year, that we would give you our best because you have given us your very self. And now, long we, Lord, we long to honor you, and we long to share you with those around us. So may we too choose to go your way and share your story. May you fill us and empower us and encourage us and humble us 
that, that, that you could use us and that you would be glorified. I pray this all in the mighty and beautiful name of our Savior Jesus. Amen. Amen, friends. Let's give him our lives. Let's give him this year. If this is the first time you've given him your life, maybe you're thinking about it right now. Just pray, Lord, I give you my life. I believe in Jesus as my king, as my savior. If you prayed that right now, if you gave your life to him to, to start up this year, maybe you're watching this online at some later date. Maybe, maybe you're watching this live. I don't know, but if you, if you prayed that for the first time, will you reach out to us? My email is Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, at palousechurch.org. Email me. Call me. Connect with a friend that you know is a follower of Jesus if you prayed that for the first time. And friends, if you're out there and you believed in Jesus for, for more than today, or maybe more than a decade, who knows? Hey, be renewed in, in the example that the Magi set before us. Let, let's not our, let our faith get old and crusty. Let's, let's be renewed. Let's be excited for Jesus. Let's, let's give our all. Let's give our best to him. Let's be willing to look like fools to the world in order to give our best to him. Praise be to God for sending his son Jesus to the world for sinners like you and I, right? Happy New Year, friends. All is well in Jesus Christ.